Recent estimates by technology analysts suggest that by 2025, the energy consumption of AI tools will be greater than that of the entire human workforce. It's pretty scary, isn't it? That's unless a radical rethink takes place. Carbon Trail is a Christchurch-based company that works with businesses to reduce their carbon footprint. And recently, the company itself turned its attention to its own footprint regarding AI energy consumption specifically. Founder and CEO Tom Hallam joins me now with more. Hi, Tom. Hey, Jesse. How's it going? Yeah, good, thanks. Gosh, just one more thing to worry about, eh? <laughs> yeah, that's right. But I think, as you said quite rightly, it's one of those things that certainly as a company that deals with uh, emissions reduction, we need to have it front of mind. Um, and yeah, just wanted to uh, kind of raise a bit of awareness of that space, I guess. Yeah, well, we might be worrying about the wrong things with AI. So tell me why does artificial intelligence consume so much energy? Yeah, well, I guess maybe if I could take you through just how these models work, you kind of start with a big training set of data. So um, ChatGPT is trained on, amongst other things, Wikipedia and and a few other um, large um, sources of data. And the way that the training works is the data gets um, turned into probabilities. And those probabilities say how likely it is one word comes after another. So good, you know, followed by morning is pretty likely, good day, um, good blue, maybe not so much. Now, if you times that by every single sentence in Wikipedia and all of the training data <laughs> that GPT is using, it's vast. There's a huge, huge to go, um, huge amount to go through. Um, so that training process sort of builds those connections. And a 2021 study suggested that um, the precursor to chat GPT took about uh, a month to train. So it's a long time in in computing terms. Mm -hmm. And in doing so, used about 1,300 megawatts um, of of energy and about 3.5 million litres of water, Um, which is insane. They're just huge numbers. Um, So, yeah, obviously, once that training's taken place, then it goes to you um, asking questions of of the model. And again, there's an energy use there. So, yeah, hopefully that makes sense, what I said, but um, there's a lot of moving parts. Yeah, well, the energy use makes sense. Why is it using water? Well, um, AI models are trained in what are known as data centers. So that's racks upon racks of these computers called servers. And they all have these things called um, GPUs or or processing units, graphics processing units inside them. Um, And they generate a tremendous amount of heat uh, during the training process, during the process of serving the applications we use every day. Um, So they have to be cooled. um, And that water gets pumped into these data centers um, and is recycled through the data centers to keep these things cool. Um, but as you can imagine, uh, at the scale that we're talking about with ChatGPT and, and its um, kind of cohorts, uh, that's, a, that's a lot of water. Um, in fact, I was reading somewhere that uh, the Google data center out in the U.S., um, if I was just to refer to my notes, um, in 2021, they estimate they used 12 billion liters of cooling water uh, for the data centers that Google uses in the U.S., which of is all the things to, Of all the things to use water for, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> that's right. Given that, yeah, a lot of people are predicting there might be a shortage of water or a limited amount of water to go around in the future. Well, indeed, yes. Um, Tell me about your business, Carbon Trail. So, yeah, we were founded about this time last year. Um, I actually came to New Zealand in 2019. Uh, You'll probably be able to hear I've got the British accent in there somewhere. Uh, Came over here on OE with my partner. Uh, Ended up uh, getting caught up in the uh, the lockdown, um, lockdown in Christchurch, and just absolutely fell in love with your country. It's just a stunning place but i think once i kind of came to realize that per capita new zealand is one of the most polluting countries in the world 
it sort of said to me, well, yeah, there's there's a bit of dissonance here between that kind of 100% pure, um, you know, marketing message and then the reality on the ground. So I wanted to do something based on that. So my background's in software uh, and have really been fascinated by sustainability for a long time. So what we do is we make software that makes it really easy for businesses to understand, um, report, and then reduce their carbon emissions, like you mentioned earlier. And we use AI to analyze um, the spend inside their organization. So we connect up to kind of common accounting tools, um, and then we use our algorithms to understand where a given transaction fits in terms of um, its emissions profile. And then we apply things called emissions factors to those um, calculations that says for every dollar spent in a given category, let's say, I don't know, purchasing furniture, this is the estimate of carbon dioxide. So we can do in 15 minutes what it takes, um, you know, sustainability consultants um, a much longer time. Or certainly if you're trying to do this yourself uh, with a spreadsheet, which is sort of the current state of the art, um, obviously there's a lot of fear about getting it wrong and being accused of kind of greenwashing, that sort of stuff. Um, so, yeah, we make it easy to dive into your entire, uh, your business, your supply chain and understand those um, those hidden uh, emissions. Well, I can see your problem, Tom, because you are trying to do the right thing for the world and trying to um, show best practice when it comes to measuring your carbon footprint and your system, by the sounds of things, is, <laughs> is based on AI. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So, so what did you decide to do? Yeah, so it's something that has been sort of on my mind for a long time. Um, obviously, AI is incredibly useful, and you know we're on this uh, you know, amazing journey with AI across all all different industries. Um, but because it was such an important part of our service, that AI categorization piece that I described earlier, we had to you know, as part of our conscience, go into our own supply chain. And this is the same thing that businesses up and down New Zealand and the world are grappling with, right? Um, How do we understand what's going on into the goods and services that make up our business? Um, And we discovered that um, all of the big AI providers, so OpenAI that make ChatGPT and and all the major kind of cloud providers, um, Amazon, Microsoft, etc., they're not always as open as they can be about the actual carbon footprint or the emissions that come into delivering those services. So we sort of said, well, hold on a minute, what can we do about that? So we set about starting to measure that. And there's a whole um, raft of different ways we can do that. But um, we really wanted to dive deeper and just to understand what we could do about it. So yeah, that was uh, what caused our announcement this week. And um, yeah, we're, we're, um, we're really excited about what it could mean for us. And um, I'll, yeah, I'll speak later about what it could mean for New Zealand. But yeah. Hopefully, uh, hopefully that makes sense. Yeah, and, and I mean, you're at the forefront of this. Do you see an appetite and energy among businesses to start measuring their carbon output? Have you seen much of a change in the couple of years you've been doing it? Do you mean in general? Or do you mean in the kind of the, the software space? In general, are you seeing more companies who want to be doing the right thing or if not the right thing, um, the thing that um, will make them look <laughs> like they're making an effort? <laughs> Yeah, well, absolutely. I think we always have to assume that people want to do the right thing. I think um, for some companies, it's easier to get started than others. Um, you may be aware there's been a fair bit of regulation floating around, and certainly in New Zealand. New Zealand's leading the way in some respects around the um, way that emissions get um, described, uh, certainly at the larger end of town. So if you're a kind of a bank or a, or a um, you know, large financer, um, you have to report on your emissions to the government. 
And we're starting to see the effects of that starting to filter down the chain a little bit. And certainly closer to home, um, Countdown have just announced that they're going to be encouraging their supply chain um, to be reporting their carbon emissions. So for the very first time, SMEs who maybe didn't have a, uh, too much of an idea about this or there wasn't a particularly strong push are now being asked, OK, well, if you're going to send products and services to us, so say you're, I don't know, making, uh, making drinks or something and you're sending them to Countdown, you are now going to be encouraged to understand what goes into making those drinks, where that never happened before. So I think awareness of this issue is really growing. Uh, obviously, you know, uh, it's in the news. You can see what's going on in Europe at the moment. Um, it's front of mind for a lot more people. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't think this issue is going away anytime soon. And the idea of taking AI energy consumption into account, that's very new, isn't it? Yeah, that's that is pretty new. There's a few people kind of leading the way there. Certainly, um, uh, Sasha Lucioni, um, who's a researcher in ethical and sustainable AI at one of the big AI companies, is really leading the charge there. And that's her work kind of um, inspired me. Um, but one of the things that we're going to be looking to do, um, and obviously you heard about the amounts of energy that were being used in the models. A lot of it comes down to how clean the energy is, right? So if you're training your model in uh, New South Wales, and I looked this morning, New South Wales, it's 648 grams of carbon dioxide for every um, kilowatt hour that's used, right? Um, in New Zealand this morning, it was 120 grams. So a massive, massive reduction because we've got such a strong mix of renewables here, right? So what we're saying is we want to actually start, we're not going to stop using AI, um, far from it. We, we, we really believe it's the way forward. But um, we're going to be moving our training and serving of those AI models into New Zealand data centers that are powered by clean energy. And we're going to be doing our most um, polluting activities, you know, in inverted commas, uh, when we know that the mix of energy is at its greenest. So we're not going to be doing it when there's lots of gas or, you know, or coal or as small as that is in New Zealand. So that's the kind of the story. And I'm just hoping that by kind of raising awareness of this, we can start uh, getting people to think about this, certainly the businesses that are relying on AI elsewhere. Um, so, yeah, I think because it's a bit out of sight, out of mind, it's quite intangible. It's easy to think that it just comes from a tap and you don't really have to worry about it too much. Um, but, you know, versus looking at, you know, some uh, some soot coming out of a, a chimney or something. Yeah. Um, we want to try and make that intangible piece more tangible. Nick's listening. He says, surely all that water that they use isn't just wasted when it's used for cooling computers. Does it not get reintroduced to the water table once it's done its job? Well, yeah, indeed. But I mean, you also have to consider that it's been through a number of different processes. You know, it's going to need to then go back into the water table, be um, reused um, at the time when it could be at a high demand for water. Right. You know, especially if you're in northern America where um, drought, etc., certainly that kind of California region is massive. So should these data centers be taking all of that water away from the water table in the first place? Um, I think we have a, a job to do as an industry to be understanding how we could be much more efficient there. And like I say, should we always be training things in North America? Should we always be training them in New South Wales, in Australia? Where else in the world should, be, should we be looking uh, for, to be able to do that? Interesting. You obviously think deeply about these sorts of things. What did you make of that BlackRock deal announced yesterday? I think it's fascinating. I think it's a tremendous opportunity for New Zealand if it can be realised. Um, now, obviously, it, BlackRock are raising the funds. It's obviously up for uh, it's up to New Zealand to kind of capitalise on that. I honestly believe that New Zealand has a huge opportunity to lead the way in green computing. If we can use some of that investment to be looking at how we apply, um, you know, green AI processes here in New Zealand. Um, 
getting behind some of the kind of leaders in this space, um, I think we've got a, a massive opportunity to kind of stand on the shoulders of giants there. Um, yeah, I, I would love to see New Zealand really, uh, really succeed with, with that money. Thank you for starting the conversation, Tom. Really appreciate it. No problem at all. Great to be here. Thanks. Uh, Tom Hellam, who is CEO of Carbon Trail, a company based in Christchurch. Out of interest, by the way, I came across Tom's story uh, on a fellow New Zealander, Ben Reid's Substack, which is a weekly newsletter where he sort of rounds up trends and events and ideas in the area of technology and environment. Um, he's been a guest on our show before and happy to give his weekly newsletter a plug.